0: And we are your hosts for today's broadcast, following top news stories of the day. Good, great, grand, wonderful.
1: I have a bad feeling about this.
0: What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what?
2: It's the good, the bad,
0: and the what? lost your train of thought didn't i
2: <laughs> hello welcome to the good the bad and the what the show and retreat dissect what makes a movie good bad or other within a certain theme category subgenre or filmography i'm chris thomas and i'm ryan oliver how's it going ryan i'm doing pretty
1: good i'm i'm excited to hop back on mike i know for for listeners it, may not seem like it's been a long time but since we double recorded our last two episodes it's actually been a while so in a minute yeah. i was like shit my headphones aren't where they're supposed to be and all <laughs> like just like getting reorganized so um but i'm happy i'm excited i'm excited we're back so how are you doing Me too
2: i'm yeah i'm good i'm same. i am feeling a little bit rusty um but i'm intrigued to talk about the three picks that you have here i was Um, I I guess, trepidatious going into this week because I hadn't seen two of the three movies. I'd, of course, seen Point Break. I don't know how many times, but um, surf-sploitation on paper, um, it just sounds weird sounds not real um uh <laughs> and I, I mean I, I get it i know that surfing is surf culture for a, a hot minute much like other trends like you know karate movies and whatnot we've talked about in the past was definitely a big thing i, I was a huge fan of rocket power when i was growing up uh, the oh, yeah. Show. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah show yeah loved yeah Power. Uh, watching the x games and everything like that so like that extreme sports thing um was definitely a part of my childhood and i was expecting sort of that um and that's not what we got. <laughs> and, yeah. <huh.
1: laughs> yes. So no, I I understand cuz like surf exploitation. I mean really you could take any uh noun and put exploitation at the end sure. of it like you know we there's so many different like subgenres of exploitation uh here, but like specifically these three movies are I, well like two of them I think are purely exploitation movies or at least like trek and that exploitation yeah, Mark, uh, you know, one of them obviously is much more. And then, you know, of course, Point Break is much more polished and it's a studio movie, a but movie. It's, <laughs> but, yeah, but it's like an action thriller. And that that was the sort of like crux of these. It's like all three of these movies revolve around, uh, you know, steeped in surfing culture. All of them are set in California. Uh, all of them are action thrillers. Uh, so it's not quite it's not quite your uh, summer of screams necessarily, mm-hmm. but it is yeah. a summer activity. No Hitch, People no, die people but, do uh, die in every single one of these movies and it, mm-hmm. it, it happens. but like I said, they're more thrillers than they are uh, horror movies. none of them are horror movies, I would say. Um, but the, the the criteria for this and it'll be kind of interesting because I do feel that all three movies as we get down to it like really do speak to each other. like I, I think that there's there's a really good binding thread and sort of my criteria between the three are like how well defined the characters are and how well defined the stakes are. And Mm -hmm. I think we'll find that as we go through with with the good, obviously, both of those being clearly well defined Uh, for the bad, not neither being well defined in any capacity. (laughs) And then in the what, which, you know, makes sense. I think the characters are well defined, but the stakes are uh, uh, maybe Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. I'm really curious to get into our what pick. I am, too. It's it's not a traditional what I I guess I'd say it's because it's not bonkers the no. way that some of our what is it's more it's more like it's almost there like for what it is uh, sure it's not quite but it's almost there and there's enough to make it you know what it there's is enough but, to
2: chew on and ponder over but uh, it's another like i'll never watch it again that's fair i
1: i might that was my second time watching it so i can't oh. I, i've oh, seen well, it twice so i can't necessarily say that that i won't but why don't we get in the picks? I mean, if you've sure. seen the title, you you know what we're getting into, but um, I'll just introduce them for the good. Of course, come on, it's Point Break from 1991, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Uh, what, else the, would
2: it have been?
1: what else would it have been <laughs> uh, for, for the for the bad uh the very bad uh, I've chosen surf nazis must die from 1987 directed by peter george and for the what i've chosen red surf from 1989 directed by h gordon Booz. and i know i said these aren't horror movies but that man should make horror movies because that's like the best best spooky name this side of david s pumpkins Ooh, so um, yeah. you know so there there we go but um But before we get into Red Surf, let's start
0: with Point Break. On the coast of Southern California, you can only surf, party, and make love for so long before it's time to go to work. Rock and roll! 27 banks in three years. Everybody free! Anything to catch the perfect wave. I'm not a crook. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Pia Marie. You think I joined the FBI to learn to surf? Point break. Adios, amigo!
1: um i think i should ask probably the most important question uh first is um have you ever laid down and fired your gun in the air and went ah
2: um (laughs) no i've not laid down on the ground and fired my gun in the air and went ah is it true that there's a point in a man's head that if you shoot it it will blow up (laughs) point
1: breaker bad boys too which uh no, which one are we watching first? Um <laughs> And now we've covered them both because we talked Hell, about that. bad boys We're just too. gonna dog like
2: this into hot fuss and just talk uh, about that instead.
1: But no, in all seriousness, uh what is your history slash relationship with with Point Break?
2: Uh I didn't see Point Break until uh college when uh I lived with uh Nick, a mutual friend Nick. Um And he was a fan of the movie, found out that I hadn't seen it and thrown it on. So it was much like that scene in Hot Fuzz of like, you haven't seen Point Break? (laughs) Like, it's going on. And yeah, fucking loved it. It's a, a, you know, no holds bar thrill ride, but there's no way that you could... uh, I can't remember the line, but enact that much carnage and not incur a substantial amount of paperwork. Um, No, it's still, to this day, um, amazing. It's uh, a little bit... It's very light on its feet, um, a very oddball in very strange ways. I mean, like Keanu is Keanu. Um, he dips into sort of Bill from Bill and Ted a little bit in his performance, um, and then Gary Busey. Um, love Gary Busey. Busey's um, on one in this movie. He's so dude, good. He's on some <laughs> level, and it. I want to get to that level. I I love Gary Busey in this movie, but like, there there's not a single bad thing that I can say about point break and that's really just the highest praise you can give a movie It's just like anything that i was like i were to say about it would be nitpicky and stupid and i should just shut up and enjoy it well i mean i think it's worth
1: anything that you have that you know that you want to talk about that's what we do on the show that's
2: totally no but I, I mean like it, it would be minor things like i i can't even bring anything that comes to mind like i would need to watch it and sit there with a pen and paper and be like oh well maybe they shouldn't have cut there like is that like really minor stuff that you would need to actually look for it as a whole cohesive story and as a movie it it comes together just about as well as you could hope. Oh, absolutely.
1: 100%. And I'm I think I'm in the same boat with you. I don't think I watched this movie in its entirety until college. It was one of those movies that was on TV all the time. Oh, so yeah. I had seen bits and pieces of it throughout the years. But I don't think it was until college where I actually sat down from beginning to end to watch this movie. And and I'm kind of glad uh, because I think even as a kid, I would have thought this movie rocked because it, it mm. just it moves at a, at a clip. Uh, the action is incredible. I think I know Keanu is Keanu. I think this is one of his best performances, maybe his best performance. I think he's legit great Oof. in this movie. I think he's great. I I really do think he is good um, here. I, I think everyone's great. I mean, yeah, I think Busey's great. I think it's it's um it's my favorite Patrick Swayze performance. Um, you know which I know I know, but um,
0: you hurt <laughs> my
1: heart. You hurt my heart. I mean, I I know I know the other one that you're leaning towards, but I actually wanted to bring that up because I do and I don't want to get too far ahead because that movie we're going to talk about, but I'll just say it's roadhouse.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we'll eventually talk about roadhouse, but I do want to bring up something that you mentioned to me via text about roadhouse. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's a little preview for whenever we do talk about the movie where you mentioned how like the movie is sort of like, yeah, it's this like total shit kicker, but like, it's uh, like a treaty on toxic masculinity before Mm -hmm. that was really a thing. Um, and I feel like that's sort of Swayze in a nutshell, and it's applicable to this movie and to many of his other performances as well. Mm-hmm. Um which rewatching this, I was like, man, fuck, I'm I miss Swayze. Like like R I oh, yeah. P gone R&D. gone far too soon. But um but like this movie really subverts like like this movie's got a female gaze. I mean it is directed mm-hmm. by a woman, it's directed by Catherine Bigelow. And you know she's no stranger to like kick-ass action that has pretty much defined her entire career. Um, but the way that the movie sort of like lingers sensually on both Keanu and especially Patrick Swayze, and the fact that it's like it is deeply homoerotic. Like oh, they it, love each other. Oh oh, they hundred percent love each other. Like like I know that the you know there's the the love story between. Uh, Johnny Utah uh, Keanu Reeves character and and Tyler Lori Petty's character but I even think that is kind of genius by design so like her name is Tyler that's traditionally a man's name not Mm -hmm. to say a woman can't be named that but that is also traditionally a man's name um and like Lori Petty's a very attractive woman but like the the way that they shoot her in certain like segments Mm -hmm. there's like highlight like a masculine quality like there's I, there's like she's got a got short
2: cut hair she's got and... short cut
1: hair yeah. there's a scene where um like like uh Johnny's in they're both laying in bed and she's like sort of got her arm draped over him and you could see like and she's cut like she's very mm-hmm. like you know but like it's very like you know in um the the camera's like really lingering on like the broad shoulders and her bicep and like things that you would normally linger on, like, a male in a movie, yeah. right? And so, like, there are, like, touches like that that I think are just so brilliant in this movie, which then leads into, like, you know, what truly is the love story of this movie, which is between Johnny Utah and Bodie. Like, it, mm-hmm. is, it is there, for sure. And I think, like, that is such an interesting texture to a genre that's been, like, hyper-masculine. And so, like, this movie, again, it rips from an action department, but I think that subversion makes it, brilliant it's like it's like top gun on purpose like top guns in the closet right (laughs) like top guns a movie that's in the closet it's there the subversion's there but it's It's... self but it's self-conscious about it it doesn't really Realize that.
2: <laughs> Top Gun is like is like a is like a um uh, it's like the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, not yeah, knowing, Jack Shoulder, <laughs> not, not knowing <laughs> that the movie he was directing was like homoerotic, and then everyone else on the production would be like, Yeah, dude, it's obviously super gay. What do you, you know, yeah? How do you it's the movie you're directing? How do you not know? That's yeah, totally. like at a, a leather daddy bar and he's like he's got uh uh the lead character and his gym teacher are like naked in the shower together and he's like whipping him and it's just like wait this movie's gay <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bart the bartender too is bob
1: shea the head of new line pictures <laughs> yeah. man we got to talk about that movie at some point oh, it, too it, yeah it, it, but uh but no it's like those but those touches i think make make the movie so much more interesting and deeper than it is and i think oh, yeah. like, it also sort of helps because the the movie knows Like Catherine Bigelow and and team like, no, you've seen this kind of movie before this, like kind of heist movie and that kind of like you go undercover and you get too deep undercover and the the hot shot person. And it's like, I love that the movie starts almost with like caricatures, but it also like gets through the bullshit really quickly. Like the Mm -hmm. opening in in the first three minutes, it's like we get through Johnny Utah like we get it. He's in the police academy. He's top of his class. Mm -hmm. He's firing and he's hitting every target. Um, you know, he gets transported. like to the FBI. departed. Yeah, it is like the departed. Yeah, it like, yeah. but it gets through it quickly. He gets gets there. Um, you know, John C. McGinley plays like almost like a parody of a like a oh, top brass yeah. hard ass who's also McGinley's fantastic in this movie.
2: That, he's typecast as that like uh exuberant smarmy asshole guy, but like for a reason, because he yeah. plays that role so splendidly I love watching like the same thing I've never watched Scrubs but every time somebody ever posts any like short video clip that has Dr. Cox in it I'll stop and just watch it out of context to be like oh okay like this is gonna be hilarious
1: McGinley is the the star of that series like unquestionably and and because it also peels back like as that series progresses, it sort of peels back the layers behind his sort of like smarminess because he's Mm -hmm. a genuinely good actor. It's sort of like, I I hate to bring up Platoon again, but it's like, it's sort of (laughs) like his character in Platoon is that way, right? Where he's like the hard assed and, but like, you know, but there's like the humanity that like, they peel back. So, Mm -hmm. but this movie, he gets to just relish in it because there isn't any humanity in it. He's just a dick the entire movie. Um, And it's just so satisfying the way that him and Busey play off each other. And then Mm -hmm. when he finally gets to deck him in the face, (laughs) it's so good. Respect for my (laughs) ears. Dude, Busey, uh, like that's the other thing. Like this movie blends genres so well. It's a heist movie. Like for one, it's also a buddy cop movie Mm -hmm. and everyone has great chemistry. Like the chemistry between, Keanu and Laurie Petty is great. The chemistry between Keanu and Patrick Swayze is great. But the chemistry between Keanu and um, Gary Busey is just phenomenal. Like, oh,
2: my God. Yeah. Well, and it it's carried so much by Busey's energy, too, in the scenes yeah. that they're in. Because, I mean, like we get scenes of them bouncing off of each other bouncing ideas off of each other but it very much has that mentor mentee relationship of him not talking down to keanu but very much like i'm bringing my years of experience into this but he has like immediate sort of respect for utah for pushing him and and making sure that he stays on the beat as a cop and so like but then there's just like these light moments, like when he's laughing his ass off reading a Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> cartoon. Yes, he's just like he's full throated. <laughs> like, there, there's things where I'm like, did
1: Busey know the camera was running like that? Like that scene, or like the wardrobe. I'm like, those are his shirts. I'm he just convinced. showed up to set. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm not convinced those are not his shirts, especially like I I love that the movie, and I know they're undercover, but I love that the movie throws all pretension of like him wearing normal like police business suits because oh, yeah. it like it starts with him in them but then like is it for he's just wearing shorts and a
2: hawaiian shirts the yeah. entire time and they it's got like, him on, on set one day in a suit and he's like that's always in my contract <laughs> but yeah dude i love i love that
1: scene when he when like that like the instant sort of respect that they come across where like utah mm-hmm. is you know he's the as as mcginley says young dumb and full of cum um Mm -hmm. but you know but like he he's doing what he can and so what he knows is you know all-star quarterback that he's just trying to get Busey fired up of like like that they would do before a football game of just being like you know getting under skin and being like okay now what are you gonna do about it okay we're gonna go out there and tackle them like that you know sort of version of it and it's 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 so good um and the yeah, and then like the action itself too. Like there's a ton of surfing, and they're actually doing it. Oh Looks my God, fantastic. Yeah. Um, that's super good. Just and even just the scenes of them like playing football on the beach, like is like just a fantastic. Sequ- like sequence as well. Uh, like the
2: another tie into Top Gun. I mean, more Top Gun Maverick, but like more. Dudes on the beach broing down playing yes. a sweaty sport together and, and body a lot of, contact,
1: a lot of bro, a lot of bras mm-hmm. being thrown around uh, in this movie. But um, but like it's it, but it's all by design, and that's the other thing too. Is like I, I just feel like this movie finds a lot of empathy, and I I feel like it makes sense why like Johnny Utah would fall in line with these guys. You know, like like yeah. I I love the sort of idea of um like that scene when he first is talking with Tyler and convincing her that he wants to learn how to surf.
2: And he tells the lie
1: about his parents dying in a car accident, Mm -hmm. but everything, you know, being like, Oh, they wanted me to go to school. They wanted me, or they wanted me to play football. They wanted me to, um, you know, go to law school, which, you know, a lie, but, um, sure. He's like everything, you know, I did for them, but like, I never realized I did something for me. And I feel like that, sequence is super brilliant because it's like he's obviously telling a lie in the story that's being told Mm. but i think the emotion behind that there's some genuine truth to that like i I think think it's a half truth -truth. i mean the best the best
2: lies are half truths like there's a bit of his character
1: in there absolutely i definitely think that there's there's that half truth of i think he believes that he he hasn't really done anything for himself i think that's a hundred percent a truth which is like why you know when he sees these guys who are completely free and they're sort of like you know they do rob for the thrill of it but it's also like to you know basically fund their endless getaway endless and the summer Endless Summer, and it's not... Spring Break. This is kind of the precursor (laughs) to Spring
2: Breakers. But,
1: like, the the fact that they're, like, completely, like, anti-establishment, and he's, like, for the establishment. He is the establishment. He literally is. I am an FBI agent. (laughs) But, um... But it's just like it's such a fascinating dynamic that you're like, OK, I believe why this guy like his lines would blur, you know, between this life that like is enticing and intoxicating. And he's like seduced in more ways than one mm-hmm. into it while also trying to like fall in line and do the, the job that he's supposed to do. Like it, it makes total sense
2: well and bodie sort of gives him an awakening and i and i you know caution to say that it's supposed to be you know an allegory for like a sexual awakening but he definitely as part of his under like we haven't given any context as to the the actual like story of what's going on in the movie and why johnny Utah is with any of these oh, people oh yeah i did i did write a synopsis we've quite a bit <laughs> yes and we've touched on most of the things
1: but i guess the the meat of it is that uh, you know uh, Johnny Utah, Keanu Reeves, is assigned to the, the FBI. So he's assigned to the bank robbing division. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in in Los Angeles, bank robbing capital of the world. And uh, there's one group that has been incredibly efficient, has not been able to be caught. Uh, they're, known, they're called the ex-presidents because they are wearing rubber masks of ex-presidents. Reagan, Nixon, LBJ, and Kennedy, I believe, is the other Carter. one. Oh, it's Carter. You're right. Mm-hmm. It is Carter. I don't know why I thought it was Kennedy. Anywho, but uh, they're they they are quick. They're in and out in 90 seconds. They never go for the vaults. Uh, they only go for the money in the tills. Um, and they're in and out. And they only rob within a certain time, which uh, Pappas, uh, um, Gary Busey's character, has su- suspects tells Utah that he believes that they're surfers, but based on where they go and the amount of time that they're doing it that right. um, they're going where the waves are going and you know and then like you know busey is sort of seen as a burnout like in the fbi so everyone oh, thinks yeah. he's like full everyone of shit makes fun they, of him shit. they yeah. make fun of him even though he's he is 100 percent accurate here in his uh analogy and so that's what prompts johnny utah to go undercover learn how to surf try to get in um they find another gang who are like who do quote-unquote fit the profile they do they're fucking they're scum they're drug dealers They are criminals yeah they are criminals they have a rap sheet um war child i forget the actor's name i gotta look it up again but he's in red surf as well and he's also in nemesis which we just watched chorus creek oh i completely did not
2: notice that yeah you know.
1: that guy's climbing up on my most watched actors list on letterbox your imdb uh, your your letterbox is going to be weird at the you end know, of the year when isn't it um, it's weird every year that's but, fair yeah um but yeah they they fit the profile which like leads into one of the the highlight action things there's like three really i mean i, I should say three there's like five six highlight action set pieces oh, in it yeah. but like one of the best one is the The raid of that den, you know, because they get a warrant and they're they're going in. They're thinking like, oh, it's going to be just a walk in the park, but they're they're fucking armed. They have like Mm, a whole arsenal, you know. That ends in a horror, you know, shootout, a pretty horrific shootout where all of them die except. Uh, I can't remember if uh, Anthony Kiedis. I don't know if he dies, but he definitely gets he doesn't. shot. The... He
2: shoots himself in the foot. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, his acting career clearly not as uh, robust as his uh, Chili Peppers counter counterpart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, yeah, and then that, that you know, and then that whole thing like it's it's a fuck up that it's a dead end. Like yeah, they were criminals, but they
2: weren't behind. Surprise cameo from Tom Sizemore oh uh, yeah coming out of nowhere it's like i was undercover infiltrating this gang of, of fools um i was yeah, gonna was mention D- about that scene um the the whole shootout scene i love the restraint that throughout the whole segment no music no oh, score yeah. no nothing it's just people shouting and gunshots and and shit going crazy and like while watching it i like i could imagine in my brain like a modern movie would have had like a digga, 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 like like some pumping score of him like oh shit they got guns he's trying to get the attention of the other guys and they can't hear it over the lawnmower that's behind the house and like oh no what is he gonna do like i could hear there being a score in the background and the fact that there wasn't one was jarring to me because i was just like this is so much better to just be in the moment and understand. Like you don't need music to let you know that it's tense. Oh, you're yeah. already
1: tense. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a one to one with you know obviously the most famous Point Break knockoff being the first Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, um, where there's that sort of identical scene where um, where like the motorcycle gang is getting arrested, where like Paul Walker and um, um, uh, Ted Levine like they get the warrant to go arrest the motorcycle gang. Um, and it's almost identical to this scene but it is like a I don't remember if it's Power Man 5000 but it is like a song it's like along those lines like I, yeah butthole servers or something yeah well no it's it's more new metal-y um, oh cause okay it was 2001 after all so um, is it Worlds Collide? Uh, no I don't think it's Worlds <laughs> Collide I now I have to look it up. It's gonna bother me because like I haven't seen the first one in a while, but like I I remember it very vividly and mm-hmm. I, I know the sequence and I know it's got a song like that. But long story short, like it's not that effective. Like there are some effective scenes in that movie, but that's not one of them. Right. And so it's like here, it's like you didn't need it. It's like the tension is already there, where it's like you've set up the stakes of um, that Gary Busey's out front trying to, he's talking to the, the woman uh, who's yeah. dating one of the my guys. dog. He's a
2: little shih tzu or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. And, and you know, and that the sets up so perfectly that the, the guy next door is mowing the lawn. So like they can't hear over the radio and it's like all set up so good. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, Utah
2: can't, tell papas that he's you know he can't like get he's trying to tell the other fbi agents like get him out of there they like he can can see him through the back window of the house that they're getting guns out of the closet and he's like they're armed you have to get him out and they're like can't hear him over the which is such a great like it's not
1: a split diopter but i love that shot of he's got like one of those little mirrors that the Mm, dentist mm -hmm. would use like in your mouth and that the way you just sort of see it like in the top corner of the screen it's Mm -hmm. not so good like Ah oh, that whole sequence is so great like yeah. and and the fact that is like it's so good that I'm like I I knew all of the sequences i'm like well this is the, where the foot chase happens too right and then it's like oh no that happens way no, later no, in it's movie. another
2: awesome scene in this movie oh my movie. god sweet uh, swayze throws a dog at him during that scene yeah. which i like never a really noticed ass dog <laughs> yeah, like not just... not even like a like a shih tzu or something They can pick up like, with one it's hand. like a lab it's a, it's a big ass dog <laughs> um but i wanted to get back to so we like have like this whole thing of johnny utah infiltrating these these guys um and he falls in with bodhi because of a misunderstanding with um this uh, anthony kiedis war child uh gang and he's concentrating on them but he's still spending his surfing time with bodhi and with tyler and with uh all of those folks and sort of drinking in this philosophy from bodhi which i mean it's very much like a hippie um you know like One with the ocean, one with nature feeling the ebbs and flows like he would definitely be into crystals um, if Bodhi was a dude like around nowadays. But the stuff that he's saying isn't like on the surface anything harmful or anything like it's kind of good being, you know, in touch with the world. And there's a point where. At night they take him out into the water and he basically coaches him like you know use the force like you're not going to be able to see the wave coming but you need to feel the wave and understand your place in the ocean around you and if you do you will be able to surf and because of that Johnny's able to hit the wave and surf it down and he like everyone else goes into the beach and he just sits out in the water for a moment and talks with tyler about it and like he had a massive Breakthrough, like he had a huge epiphany. Like this is a life-changing moment for Johnny mm. Utah, the character. So like even if the the whole line of bullshit that he gave Tyler before about like his parents dying in a car accident and they have always wanted to surf, even if that was a lie, at this point in time, that is now like other than the parents dying in the car accident most likely, um, that is a hundred percent true. Like he yeah. now is just obsessed with the like you could see it he, like and so when the stuff happens later where he finds out that it is bodhi and crew that are the ex-presidents it is like a heartbreaking revelation for him and like oh, yeah. that's it's one of the things that makes this movie like we've already sort of talked about that there is a bromance but like it's so intertwined with everything in the movie not just like you know the character motivations and and everything that's in there that like you can sense when things are going sideways like you don't want johnny to have to kill bodhi like you don't yeah. you don't want Bodie to kill johnny like you don't want anybody that's involved here to get hurt like you honestly kind of care about all the characters even if like they are bank robbers and whatnot oh 100 um, i mean i know that like
1: that scene, you know, the famous firing the gun in the air scene, you know, is mm-hmm. now sort of become somewhat of a joke because of hot fuzz. But like, you know, sure. even, I think Edgar Wright himself would even, you know, be, you know, to admit like, no, that scene is, is great. And that's why it's he's fantastic. paying homage yeah. to it. Cause it's like the, the way that scene is built up too, you know, cause it's like, obviously it follows this incredible foot chase is where he mentioned some of, but like, you know Utah jumps that fence, fucks up his leg, like he can mm-hmm. hardly move. He has bodhi dead to rights. He can yeah. make that shot. We we've, we've established because this movie's a series of terrific setups and payoffs. Like we've established that he's an incredible shot. Right. There's no way he would miss that. And, and Papas and, even he,
2: says it to him. Yeah, he's yeah like, you right don't afterwards, miss.
1: he's like, "You don't miss." Like I I know he's like, "You either scared, or you're getting too close to your friend." and i don't think you're scared like right. it's like so i know and you need to figure your shit out but it's like he knows and like Bodie, you could see it in Bodie's eyes underneath the reagan mask you know that like you see the the you know he he knows that he can do it
2: right but he he doesn't do it but and he also knows the- that you're not going to shoot yeah. like he he has that same realization of like you may have me dead to rights but you're not going to do it yeah exactly and he's right it, and he's right it doesn't happen and it's yeah, it's it it becomes uh you know,
1: it becomes a tragedy and like the movie does set that up incredibly well to where it's like it's not just like a dumb action movie. Like these are like mm-hmm. full flesh and blood characters. So like when things happen um you know, getting into the final leg of the movie where they sort of like they really like that not like they really work one over Utah, like in multiple ways. Of like Bodie being like, I know how to deal with somebody like this Of mm-hmm. like not just like it isn't just enough to show him the footage of them kidnapping Tyler, um, you know, and Saying, like, no, you actually need to help me. I'm the only one who knows, and you need to get me to that place so that they can free
2: them. But it's like, no, we're going to take you skydiving first. Like, well, we're going to take you into a bank robbery and <laughs> not give you a mask. And you need to be an active participant in this bank robbery. Um shit yeah. goes south during the like well, real they decide, real south because
1: they decide to go for the vault which is yeah. like which even one of the members of the ex-person it's like we like what, what like doing? we we yeah. never go for the vault like the, you know and then that's, that's good because reason. of that they yeah it goes south they they lose two members of their team the off-duty kill cop, a cop gets shot yeah yep. exactly they kill another cop with with pappas which like every time i watch this movie i'm like man like I it's like i hope it it's one of those movies where you I hope, hope it's, it's, different. And it's different each time and it never is. You're just like, damn it,
2: like it sucks. No, <laughs> I know. Ugh. But I mean, like that, It it's Papa's dying, who's like sort of like the father figure for Johnny that really kind of like f- finally like severs that tether between yes. Johnny and and um, Bodhi. Because I mean, like, then we get the excellent skydiving without a parachute scene. Yeah uh which is incredible but like by that point the the the, the bromance isn't dead but it's it's their exes now yeah, like now it, it's done it's over like we're gonna go our separate ways just unfortunate for me being an fbi agent we can't go separate ways i gotta take you to fucking prison like yeah, you gotta to go keep- down hunting you which yeah which
1: he tells him multiple times at the end you gotta go down man like yeah. <laughs> i missed you in in fiji by a week and you mm-hmm. know but i knew you weren't gonna miss the i knew you weren't gonna miss
2: the, the 50, 50 year years storm yeah,
1: yeah fifty year storm uh which like i i should have looked this up i i like the ending i think it's like poetic and i think it works but like i'm, I'm trying to realize if like the the appearance changes where like, you know, Keanu's got longer hair. Mm-hmm. Looks mm-hmm. like he just watched off the set of Bill. He has a beard, like a, beard. A, a longer and, beard and his hair cut short. Mm-hmm. Um, You know? So it's one of those things where I'm like, was this a reshoot? Like, was this conceived mm-hmm. like after the fact, but it, but it couldn't, it may not have been, it may just have been like, here's how we're going to depict. It the doesn't past feel time. like it. Like it doesn't feel no, tacked on or anything. It feels like a piece with everything, but it's just like, mm-hmm. they look, I just, I think it's because I think, I think bill and ted's bogus journey came out i want to say the same year as this so it just it looks like you and walked off the set of that movie you know sort of thing
2: so he's still wearing a wild stallions tee yeah oh, oh shit i i got <laughs> go, <laughs> wrong movie he he even cops a uh, bill and ted uh excellent there there's the scene where they're trying to get samples of surfers hair so they can try and yes. pinpoint where the the ex presidents hang out, and he's just like, whoa bro, chill. You got a weird earwig going right into your ear, man." And like he's like does the whole thing. Yeah, and it's just like Keanu.
1: <laughs> it's great though. Like it yeah, yeah, works. Great. It works. It works. Um, but yeah, I, I I I do love the ending of this movie. I think it's like it's just like perfect like how else would you end that story you know what i mean Well, and it's, it's bittersweet
2: because like- i like i wouldn't want to see bodhi get arrested at the end of the movie like although like he is the villain of the movie and whatnot like it it still wouldn't feel it, it feels much more poetic for him to like go out on his shield and yes. go out on his shield with keanu being the one to relent and be like you know like you're going down either way. And I also don't want to cage you like he's a free spirit or whatever, but you're going to fucking die. So yeah, like there's no way you're not going to drown out in that surf. So right. So he's just like, okay, sure. Like yeah. have fun.
1: The, like what'd you do? You let him go. No, I didn't They're No Like I didn't. The, the, the Australian like yeah. police, I guess like, but that's yeah, cool. No, but yeah, uh, yeah, this, this movie is like, I hate it rocks. The, it rocks, yeah. I hate the term "masterpiece" because I think it's overthrown. I think it's a near masterpiece, though. I like. I think it's a fucking great.
2: I think it's fair to call it a masterpiece. I mean, yeah. as as far as as movies go, I mean, it's like one of those things where like, oh, like nothing's ever perfect. But and and I know that as somebody who masquerades as uh, as a critic, um, I need to be critical of movies like this. However, I think it's fair when a movie like this comes along. And not only accomplishes what it sets out to accomplish, but in, in all honesty, like tops pretty much every other movie of the same genre that was trying to do similar things and does so while subverting like the average uh, tendency of these genre pictures. Uh, that is something I would consider a masterpiece. Like it's it's yeah. the, it's art in a new form that takes the medium to a different level absolutely
1: no i would agree i you know what so fuck it yeah it is a masterpiece (laughs) one one i have no qualms about it one bigelow's many like like Mm -hmm. look at some of the stuff that i would like consider like in that like this is a top tier but like so is near dark and so is strange days and so is the hurt locker and zero dark Mm -hmm. 30 and that just made me realize because as we were getting ahead of this i was like man does she have anything in like like production or pre-production it's like she hasn't made a movie in six years um Mm. Last movie of hers, unfortunately, I wasn't a big fan of was Detroit, uh, oh, which which yeah, you and I both saw. It. We went and saw that together. Yeah, it was eh, eh, it wasn't amazing. But, you know, hey, it's, you know, with a filmography like that, it's like it's just eh, it's a ba- it's a blip. Like, it's fine. And it
2: wasn't bad. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't horrible.
1: It, was like... it just was more like it was more like you're a great filmmaker, but I, you're like this subject matter probably should not be tackled by you and and your screenwriter mark bowl like sure you know what i mean like i'm just like i was like "Mm," like like again she's a great filmmaker i'm like a white lady shouldn't be tackling the detroit riots (laughs) right i'm i'm sorry (laughs) but uh but it wasn't a bad movie by any stretch of the word just sort of a little misguided but you know but hey it's it's all right um i guess the only thing i'd mention briefly but because i've never seen it they did remake this movie in 2015 like full full bore like i know the fast and furious is most famously like the same template as this movie but um but dumb but dumb i mean but (laughs) i mean i haven't seen the 2015 point break but like even fast and furious i from my understanding is like leaps and bounds better than
2: that i'm not surprised i mean it can't
1: i mean it you know, I've still rewatched the Fast and Furious every once in a while. I'll never see the remake of Point Break because
2: because no, no intention w- to. No, I, I thought about watching it for this episode. It's just like why would I? Why would I do that?
1: I waited too late, like because I rewatched this last night, and so I'm like, I don't have time to rewatch it. And even if I did, or watch the remake, and even if I did, I don't think I would do it. It's <laughs> so, no, no reason to. Um, another movie you have no reason to watch oh yeah <laughs> surf Nazis! i wish i would have not must. watched it i mean i yeah me too uh, this is <laughs> unfortunately this is my second time watching it because uh because obviously they're my picks so i'd seen it before and been like this movie sucks so yeah it fits uh this one um
2: would you yeah. say the title or was it i already said it.
1: it i think i said oh, it. surf fine. nazis okay. must die yeah
0: sometime in the near future a major earthquake will lay waste to the entire california coastline from out of the rubble will rise a menace far more terrifying than the death and destruction surf nazis who rules the beaches surfers! who rules the surfers the beautiful beaches, once the crown jewels of California, are now ruled by ruthless gangs. Only one person is powerful enough, daring enough, brave enough to stop them. Only one person can ensure that serf Nazis must die. She's tough. I wanna buy a gun. It's fucking like trash, but i Interested in something that'll take the head off a honky at twenty paces? She's dangerous. She's all woman. She's Leroy's mama, and as long as she's alive, the surf Nazis must die. First there was the Road Warrior. Then there was the Terminator. Now comes an action film of relentless excitement. Take summer, mama, <laughs> home see the film that is creating a tidal wave of action all over the world see surf nazis must die um which like
1: this movie had to have just been greenlit by the title alone because it's an enticing oh, yeah. title you're like oh yeah cool like i want to watch you know a bunch of fucking uh, neo-nazis
2: get axed by somebody that sounds awesome um well and, and here's they... the thing so like i i don't know if this is true this is just what i read when i was when i was looking up but apparently the title did come first and they decided to base a movie off of it and when it was already in production is when they added the must die because originally it was just called surf nazis and then while making the movie and realizing they were following the surf nazis around they thought what if people think that the nazis are the protagonists So we need to change the title to make it clear that the surf Nazis are not the protagonists, and then when you watch the movie, they're kind of the protagonists. We spend way too much fucking time with the like like so so I I don't want to spend a lot of time
1: on this movie because this movie sucks. (laughs) Thank you. And um, well, because there's not much here. Like that's the thing. I want to read the synopsis from IMDb. I didn't write one myself. I want to read it because I'm not gonna call total bullshit on what's written because what is written does happen, but it constitutes maybe a quarter of this 80 minute movie. So Mm. I'm going to read it and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll convey this to our audience. Cause again, you shouldn't watch this movie when the son of a gun wielding woman is murdered by neo-Nazi surf punks in the post-apocalyptic future. His mama hunts them down for some bloodthirsty revenge. Yes, but (laughs) that is a small part of the movie. And his death, I clocked it. This movie's 80 minutes long. It happens 40 minutes into the movie. The inciting incident for this movie happens
2: 40 minutes into it. Um, And the rest... the, The lady also is in the movie collectively maybe five minutes. She's in it, like, when she's introduced, because she's like,
1: moves to, like, a senior living or, like, assisted right. living facility. So, like, we're introduced to her, like, twice. Like, her son helps her there. And then they, um, they're they introduced, like, another time uh, having a conversation.
2: She's, she cuts a tree limb down or something, because she couldn't, like, she didn't like the view from her window. So, she, like, cuts a limb off of a tree. It's supposed Absolutely. to be a joke. It's not right. funny no it's it's not funny <laughs> nothing nothing about this movie is any uh it's i I hate didn't last once, and like it's uh, not even, supposed to be
1: funny, I don't think but uh i, I, I kind of... I, I don't
2: know though so so uh Because the the poster for the movie is the gnar says the gnarliest cult comedy surf action adventure ever, and it's but, a trauma movie, so you expect with a trauma movie that it is gonna be like some absurdist humor. Attempts. but there's not that it's it's almost worse that this movie is such a flat line because like
1: trauma yeah. can be hit or miss but their mo is being transgressive and sometimes taking it way too far way too far yeah but that would have been something like it would have been something and this movie is nothing like there there's there's no i i didn't feel any attempts at comedy it's really slow and boring and like you there's said an 80 it's 80 minute movie too and you're it, just like
2: oh god
1: they're struggling to fill 80 minutes and we spend way too much time with these characters who are hateful and shitty to the point where i understand why they changed the title because you would think that they're like i was like when are we going to introduce to somebody this movie the the problem is like we needed to be introduced to our like actual protagonist much earlier the inciting incident needed to happen much earlier and then it needed to be like a death wish sort of scenario with this elderly woman who goes and buys a gun and like, is going to clean up the streets. I think the last 10 minutes is. And it was the only
2: time in the movie where i went like, Oh shit, something's
1: happening. Something's actually happening. I, I will say I chuckled once in this movie and I don't think it was like, it probably wasn't intended to be. Uh, well, maybe it was. It's hard to say. It's it's when the it's when the woman uh Nazi gets decapitated by the boat. Oh, sure. <laughs> I laughed really hard. That yeah, because it's good. amazing because it because it's a really great bad dummy shot, and then they linger on the close up of the
2: decapitated head in the water. It's a very like, bad dummy. Yeah. yeah, it's very amateurish. Yeah, <laughs> so which um, like that's if they would have like we talked about poultry guys previously on yes. on this show and if it would have been more like those shots of people being decapitated. Cause I mean, that's even what the poster is selling where it shows a dude on a surfboard with a claw hand writing and, and, and through the surfboard is a chainsaw blade. And so it's just like, Oh shit, it's going to be like, And from the synopsis that you just read, you think it's going to be like a Death Wish style vengeance tale featuring weird outlandish, cartoonish villains that are surf Nazis, which is already just something that your brain goes like, I don't understand what a surf Nazi is, but it sounds like an attempt, a, a trauma attempt at subversive comedy that's just way too far out there and it's probably not gonna land, but it'll probably be entertaining. And then you're absolutely right that the movie, the movie sort of sets up like a Warriors thing where yeah. we're introduced to the serf nazis they're walking around and referring to each other as adolf and like himmler and using names of like top A- ranking ava it
1: was the the woman's ava name she's the one girlfriend. who gets decapitated yeah. yeah yeah
2: so like they're using names that are like high-ranking ss officers within the third reich so it's either like okay these people had the shittiest parents ever or it's like the warriors and they're doing like a Swan Ajax Cochise thing where they all have like their gang member names that are in theme with them being the surf Nazi gang. And then they introduce a different gang that I can't, really understand what their affiliation is there's two gangs that at one point in the movie stand side by side with each other and their costumes vary so slightly that i didn't understand if they were the same gang or not until they showed at the end of the scene that they like eyed each other and then like left separately and i was like oh i thought that was the same fucking deal It's, it's not like the Warriors, where you have the riffs and the warriors yeah. and the mimes and like the jets and the sharks, like you know, right? Yeah, yeah. there's clear delineations between these groups. But like for this movie, they could only get 15 people committed to shoot this over the weekend that they shot it, and then they're like, oh, we don't have enough people to actually make like different factions of a gang. So I guess just kind of mill around this abandoned warehouse we were able to rent out for an afternoon. We spend so
1: much time at this abandoned warehouse. There's one shot where like that, like there's it's like a wide uh, like it's all done in a wide and they're like far out in the frame where he's like working on something to the point where I'm like, I, I was there's a part of me where I'm like in any other movie, I might call this like an artistic choice. But in this movie, I'm just like, no, there's like, they just didn't
2: have the means to light it or whatever. I like whatever it is. But I was waiting for somebody to come in close to frame and like a rack focus and then like reveal like, oh, some other characters watching oh, them and something's going to happen. Like the, and the introduction. I, cut, I was like, oh,
1: yeah. Uh, like the introduction to I know it's way later movie, but I was thinking like the introduction of um, Javier Bardem's villain in Skyfall. Where like yeah. the camera's locked behind Bond there in that chair, and he does start like out of focus, and he's monologuing as he walks closer to, right. to Bond. Yeah,
2: I um, thought they were gonna do something interesting to introduce a new character, and it's just like, oh no, no, you just don't know how to make a movie. That's okay.
1: that's evident very early on <laughs> in this movie because again, this movie's eighty minutes long, and eighty percent of it is just filler of just people hanging around and being shitty and there's like there's like one actual surf sequence and and you'll know because they reuse it over and over again (laughs) there was (laughs) one guy on the team who knew how to surf and then they're like all right get out there and then the rest of it's all like stock footage and it's (laughs) it's uh yeah i i i I know this we haven't spent a lot of time on this but i'm like i want to be done talking about this movie yeah it's 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 nothing like like the thing is, it, it's it's just even for trauma, it's it's like, uh, again, oh. I, I would rather be frustrated. Like, I don't want to sound so frustrated because this movie is not worth getting up in arms about because it's so sure. lazy and dumb and bad versus like, you know, like I, I picked up. I think it was last year, maybe uh, Vinegar Center put out Fortress of America, uh, which is a, a, a trauma title. And it also has like, you know, questionable uh like uh, politics in its let's mm. just say and most I, of them do yeah. and most of them do i mean they're, they're they're attempting to make fun of everybody i i get it you know but it's like sometimes it's like eh, you know like yeah it depends i i've said it before i like the stuff they acquire more than the stuff they produce in house uh except this movie because fuck this movie but because i think this is one they acquired also and it's it's mm. a piece of crap um but, like, I remember looking at, like, both Letterbox and IMDb, I think, about Fortress of America and people being like, oh, one a Troma's worst movie or, like, their worst movie. And I even remember after watching it, it's not a great movie, but I was like, have the people writing this scene surf Nazis must die? Because uh, I would put that at the the bottom of of the Troma I've seen. I watched this. Yeah. I watched this years ago. My only history with this movie is I watched it years ago. Pre-kids, Kate and I would, like, vibe a bit and go find something weird on streaming to watch uh mm-hmm. it'd be Tubi be now but like then it was prime video because prime video direct there was all kinds For a of minute weird, there there was yeah. weird shit on prime video it's a little bit more uh uh like oversight they now fired
2: somebody <laughs> but, <laughs> after some questionable shit but, was found on prime video
1: but like it used to be a treasure trove of like weird shit and so we would just like <laughs> scroll and find and so we uh you know like anybody we saw the title and and we're like, you know, thinking, yeah, this is going to be like a death wish. But but a bunch of like Nazis are going to get murdered. OK, that sounds awesome. Sweet. And then yeah. we watched it and we we're just like, this is fucking boring. Like yeah. <laughs> nothing happens in this movie. And we hang around with these shitty characters for most of it. So that's that's mm-hmm. the I mean, that'll be a good pivot into to Red Surf, I think, because even though the movie a little uh, i don't know. I want to say complex it, it's a bit confused maybe or, or unclear in terms of like it's ca- uncertain it's uncertain that's the word i would say but i feel like the character work all the way around and the cast oh sure do a lot to make up for it but let's let's get into it red surf from 1989
0: as gang leaders they raised hell Emma! i'm pregnant you're pregnant all right, great. I want him dead. I want this, baby, Mark. Hey, all right, great. When they decided to go straight, things got a lot rougher. You can't be going out on runs anymore, man. What do you get busted, huh? What about Rebecca? What's she gonna do? Red surf. Now there's a chance for one last score. We do this one deal, all right? This last deal. Yeah, one last deal. Okay, we make a shitload of cash. We get out of Dodge. A deal that would set them up for life. You're you're not gonna change. No. It's just the same. Hey, hey. I'm not gonna do this my whole life. But in this world, there are no winners. This is the Russian-made AK-47 assault rifle. Shoots single round, or full rock and roll. It's my ticket out of here. Beckon, that kid is your ticket out of here. Long life, good business. I'd give anything in the world for another shot. Not you, okay? And not Doc, and not Rebecca. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. What do you got to prove out there? I got nothing to prove. Red Surf. Staying alive is only half the battle. Starring George Clooney, Doug Savant, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, and Gene Simmons.
1: um i'll actually read the synopsis this time and yeah start with that we'll start with that and then we'll go into it um remar played by george clooney a very young george clooney um is a surfer -ER, george clooney -ER, pre-er absolutely um is a surfer and drug dealer living fast and free when he discovers his girlfriend rebecca played by dd pfeiffer is pregnant she'll not stay around drugs plans to move to portland uh, Remar attempts to set himself and his gang up for one last score, but will he succeed or s- succumb to his own worst instincts? Um, it's kind of uh, like it's it's a little after school special mm-hmm. in the way it's mm-hmm. done. It, it's a little also like uh, it's a little Se Hinton, uh, little outsiders, little Rumblefish. Yeah. Like definitely has that sort of a lot vibe of outsiders. to it. Yeah, I, I I picked that up on it like pretty immediately <laughs> of just like this sort of. Um, you know, because he like he definitely has, um, I forget, is it, is it, is it Derry or is it Dallas? Um, because I know the two D names, but, um, yeah. but, uh, I think it's Derry because I think Dallas is Patrick Swayze's character, uh, mm-hmm. actually from The Outsiders. I'm thinking of Matt Dillon's character where he's like, he's like, because George Clooney most resembles yeah, Matt Dillon's character from that, that, that where, where he's but like, it's been
2: a long time since I've seen or read The Outsiders,
1: where he's like a bad egg. You know, always like really up to no good, but he's got that like one shred of humanity, and that's you know he cares for Johnny. Um, and then so when Johnny dies, that's when he you know gets set on a, a even worse path that he was on. Uh, I guess spoilers if you've never read or. Uh, seen the outsiders but i guess if, if you if you went to middle school you probably yeah, at least say, read it if so. you're not in sixth
2: grade yet i'm sorry that we just ruined the outsiders for if you. if you're
1: not in sixth grade yet why are you listening to our podcast
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have an explicit tag on here for a reason <laughs> but um but it's got it definitely has that vibe to it sure. and i think i do think the like the acting like i think clooney in this movie watching him i'm just like God damn! No wonder he went on to become
2: like one of our
1: biggest movie oh, stars. Yeah. Like he is effortlessly good in
2: this movie, like and running circles around the his co-stars. I mean, like there there are people who do varying degrees of. Uh, good to bad acting that are around oh, yeah. him. But well, his... Cooney is very much like, oh, you're going to be something after this is over.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, he did. um I, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, Doug Savant is really good in the movie, too, because he was mm-hmm. on, um I forget which TV show. He's on uh, Melrose Place in Desperate Housewives. um So he mostly became a TV actor. But like as Attila, his number two, I thought he was pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, even Gene Simmons, <laughs> which we didn't even mention yet, is not bad in it. He's
2: not in it very much, and I, he does. I think that's why he's not bad in it is that he just wasn't given ample screen time to be terrible. He doesn't have <laughs> a lot to do for most no, of the movie. He's sort of he's like their mentor. He's like the guy who like he's like their surf mentor. Uh It's not really clearly. no i I think i thought he was like he he, well yeah he like has a fence like uh sort of thing going on in his garage because he moves stolen goods so he's part of the crime syndicate in a sense but as far as i understand like he's not part of their gang he's like can get them illegal things and then they can push illegal things through him in order to get cash but he's just like a go-between guy yeah, that's that's a good point. And and it also
1: always seems like he's sort of like even though he's like a criminal gop doing guy, he's very like not cool with them doing like the drug po- like the drug portion is like yeah. that they've taken that into their own hands sort of thing. Right. And he's like uh, he's like uh, he's like he's like a father figure almost even though he's like this like criminal middleman. But he's also a cert sur- we don't see him surf, but it sounds like he like took Remar under his wing it like is is sort of the context we get in in all of this yeah. and he's even the one telling him towards the end of the movie like um that like he he should get out like you know you're you're having a kid you're expecting a kid and you want to be there for this kid like the movie's really confused in terms of like conveying the stakes of like this and the character's self destructiveness but i think Clooney does an excellent job of conveying that of like mm-hmm. you know cuz he's so like He's so like smooth and so like um, charismatic that it's like you really would believe anything he said. So it's like when his girlfriend tells him she's pregnant and wants to have this kid, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm getting set up with the gang. Like, you know, we're going to we're just going to we're one last score and then we're out just like that. Um, two weeks from know, retirement
2: two weeks from, from what retirement could go wrong.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> we, we find out what could go wrong <laughs> um but she you know she's like oh she's like oh like you know and then she sort of gets like you know they sort of flirt and have this she goes to cook breakfast and then he like goes and pulls out his fucking so crack pipe crack. <laughs> right there in it And just like she comes and watches him through the like the the door frame
2: like you know she doesn't like
1: you know, that they shot
2: was very after-school special because he's just yeah. on the bed. He looks like Hasselhoff when he got hammered and ate that burger. Um, <laughs> he's just, like, laid yeah. across the bed, like, just, like, shaky hands, smoking crack out of the pipe. And then she comes around the corner with ice cream and it's just, like, disappointed face, like, there goes my baby daddy smoking crack again <laughs> yeah. like, get out you need to leave that situation yeah absolutely like i don't know why she didn't leave it
1: sooner sort of um, then it, yeah. like right at that moment like it, uh...
2: it's so wild
1: or or that like he he's sort of like uh they, they it, it is funny because this predates point break by two mm-hmm. years but like they do paint him as a sort of bodhi in the situation because attila oh, goes sure. to take heard her like ultrasound at like one point um, because he was out like doing surfing and, and he even says like, well, he's Remar's got his own way about things, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's just like uh, that sort of element of like, ah, he's just, but it's like, but, do you have to stay then? Like, no, you don't have to like, just, just go, just get yeah. that, get, get, out that of here. get that train ticket, go to Portland. Like it's, it's right. totally great. Um, you know, not, there's totally not crack there. Um, no,
2: yeah. no one does drugs in Portland. <laughs> so,
1: um, but, sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Um, I mean,
2: we could set up some of the other like plot. Cause there's, there is, there is, this is the plot that I want to talk about because yeah. I think that was my my biggest issue with the plot and is why I described it as uncertain is that it kind of felt like it was setting one thing up and then flipped over to a completely different thing and then jumped back to what I originally thought it was going to go to but didn't properly set it up in the middle. Yes. So the ending for me feels like a bit of a mess because it's just like, the the setup and payoff it feels like you set up a completely different movie than the payoff that we got
1: yeah for sure or or it didn't like um like there's connective tissue missing right like there's there's certain things that i feel were set up but then it was like it sort of took a lot of mostly melodramatic detours which we've already yeah. talked about some of those you know or like the conversation between remar and attila where he's like you know let me tell you something about fatherhood he's like they you know first week or first month or whatever is about you know keeping the kid alive and then then they hate you then something happens mm-hmm. they start to hate you and they hate you and they hate you for 18 years and it's like okay like this guy did not have it good he's gonna be uh, a growing up dad. yeah he's gonna be fantastic <laughs> totally totally present and it's like you know but it's just yeah it's i was like i shouldn't speak ill of him anybody else is like parenting but it just is uh but it's a movie so i guess it's fine right. they're fictional fictional characters so
2: well and but i like the they're setting that up but at the same time that they're setting that up there's like m- multiple moments of um and i i need to look at the character's name again of attila and rebecca uh who attila is like uh uh Clooney's number one guy in their gang and then yes. rebecca being the girlfriend there's multiple scenes in the movie of them basically having like meet cute and they're going out on excursions, which feel very much like dates. Like they're very close with one another. And so then like very early on in the movie, when we're getting scenes of Clooney unable to stop himself from smoking crack in front of his pregnant girlfriend. And then like the next scene is Attila, having like this meet cute moment with Rebecca and they're playing like trilly music and stuff in the background. You're just immediately like spoilers for red surf. All right. Well, George Clooney is going to die. And then Attila is going to become the father for that child. Like that's very clearly what is going to happen here. And the fact that the movie sets that up so early and we don't get to that really inevitable conclusion until the pretty much end of the movie is like oh like i felt like you were setting up something very different than where we're going and where like there was another well, yeah. thing and it and it, it it was one thing that i got sort of excited about because i thought it was a very cool thing so there's a scene where um they go and they get their drugs in the stupidest fucking way possible um yes. cuz <laughs> they, they there's a dead drop setup. So somebody will take the drugs and they will attach them to the bottom of a buoy that's just out in the ocean. and they decide to take stolen like skidoos out there which are loud as fuck and they're just in the middle of the night going wah, 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 riding those and hooting and hollering and shit. And you're like, you're going to get drugs. You were out in the ocean in the middle of the night screaming and revving your sea-doos, heading to get a a felony amount of narcotics, and you were making as much noise as possible. But then they get there. Clooney jumps off of his boat, and then his buddy called True Blue, played by uh, Philip McKeon, yes. they go to get the drugs, and they spot a boat. And Clooney's like, oh, shit, man, it's the cops. And True Blue immediately loses his fucking mind and just starts screaming and slapping the water and being like, Oh, we're fucked. We're fucked. It's the fucking cops. They're totally going to get, and we're getting cutbacks to the boat getting closer and it has its spotlight on. And so we're just like, Oh, they're spotted and sound travels incredibly well over water. So that boat that is right there, I can read like the whatever county sheriff that's on the side of the boat it is that close you can read the text on the boat and the boat just like turns and goes some other way and this is like i felt like the scene maybe would have been more effective if they would have been like hiding behind the buoy or they go underwater and we get shots of them underwater like they have to hold their breath and are they like the boat goes over top that would be a tense scene of like, are they going to get caught or not? But the fact that they were screaming, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to get caught. And then the movie's going to be about them like in jail. And what's it like? Like, you know, his pregnant girlfriend and he's in jail. Maybe that's going to be a part of their relationship. But then when the scene just sort of resolved itself apropos of nothing, I was like, I, okay. I don't know what kind of movie you're, trying to make that was like the 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 first scene that gave me that trepidation of like what movie is this trying to be yeah i mean that's i i think that's a fair
1: spot to pinpoint it because i i do think we get to the inevitable things that you're talking about but like you said at the very end of the movie but we go this whole roundabout way to do it because we set up even prior to that scene like we set up that um remar and attila they go and meet, like, their supplier. Um, who's, like, 14? Who's, like, 14, yeah. Uh, K- Calavera, who's played by Nick Nahara, or, uh, yeah, Rick Nahara, excuse me, um, who's, like, they and they, like, you know, they try to make him seem intimidating, even though he's really not that super intimidating, um, in, like, a dialogue sequence, but uh, they, like, right when they step into his office, you hear the gunshot go off of some guy that they were just, like, interrogating, Uh, prior and he goes like, uh, I think he says something in effect, like you steal from me. That's one thing. He's like, I understand. He's like, but if you lie to me, that's, you know, I can't, can't abide by that. And then we introduce also, which kind of does pay off the end of the movie. We introduce that he's got a wolf pit down at the bottom of their, like, yeah, drug (laughs) 10. And so, which at least gets used when they set that up. I was like, God, that better come back into play some point in the movie. And it does. Thankfully. Um, but they essentially come to him and ask if that they could up their game, essentially up the amount that they could mm-hmm. hand and push. Um, I don't remember the denomination. It doesn't matter, but they're asking it, it could up it. And that leads into that scene that you were talking about. Um, that like, where like nothing happens, there is jail that does happen in this movie. Kid, uh, not kid blue. Um, that that's looper. Um, uh, true blue, um, does get arrested. Um, yes, but for like, but for a fight that breaks out in a bar, like a, like a disturbing. No, he gets, he gets oh, uh, arrested he get in a pitched? drug bust.
2: Oh, does he? I can't remember. Cause I know he gets in he fight He was trying to bar. sell drug to like that rocker guy who was. You're uh, right. And then the, the guy who had asked him twice for a cigarette was an undercover cop. And it was part of a sting, which. That's right. That sting doesn't, operation doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like if you're a cop, you're like, Hey, I'm going to go hang around a bar. And just try and catch people who happen to be selling drugs in cahoots with the lead sing like usually when you're gonna set up a sting You have a target and it's just like did you know that this guy was going to be at the bar that day at that time? When that band was playing and that he was going to try and sell like none of that is really set up very well Um, I also wanted to mention that the 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 14 year old drug uh, kingpin. Yes, uh, he looks like Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears. Um, oh, yeah. He has, like, that exact same, like, hairstyle and everything like that. But the when they go and they meet him at, like, the drug kingpin house, uh, you would think that if you were, uh, you know, the head of a major crime syndicate, uh, you could probably live, you know, in a house that has, like, heat and running water and apparently he lives in like a, a haunted house attraction um at like orlando <laughs> studios or something it's like because we we shot a movie with uh john ward uh our uh film professor uh director um uh v3 uh, when we were in ellensburg and there was a portion of the movie that we shot that was in a, a condemned house yeah um and like when they shoot in there There's, like, the the Spirit Halloween curtains that are, like, see-through that are hanging over the windows. There's no paintings on the wall anywhere, no furniture, no rugs. They just have, like, a desk and two chairs that were pulled into a room. Um, You can see cables that are running off frame because they definitely are getting power run from a generator. And it's just, like, that's just the dude's house. That he lives in, um, which I found hilarious, especially later on in the movie when there's the whole confrontation that's throughout the house because there's just like holes in the drywall and doors that are boarded up and stuff. It's like some some Home
1: Alone shit that happens in the the movie because it's like you wonder, too, because you're like, look, if you couldn't afford a... like a house to shoot in and you're filming in a dilapidated house. Like those had to have been real. Like all those stunts, like the actual broken oh, boards yeah. that you're using. Like it's, it's insane. You know, they wanted to make Scarface, uh, you know, like with the, 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 but, but yeah. instead they, they had this just, Hey, there's this property that, that, uh, we were able to use in LA somewhere, but yeah, uh, it's, it's wild. But, um, But yes, we do get but like we do get a roundabout sort of tie back in. It's sort of like we forget for large stretches of the movie that like this sort of relationship with like the drug syndicate is like going down because we get those melodramatic detours. But then we cut back to True Blue being like interrogated by the police and and basically, uh, you know, basically forced to cut a deal um mm-hmm. which does eventually get back to this drug gang that said hey your your guy squealed like now there's you know the arrest happened many of my guys are now in jail and uh basically you you owe me you owe me a life essentially yeah. so they're like yeah, they're gonna like we, yeah. we're going to you know, like either you know and, and George Clooney you know basically tells them that like you know I'll you know I'll kill him myself you know like just it's like but this deal has to happen which mm-hmm. like is also a fun like like if that had happened, if that like really happened, that like somebody squealed and like shit, people are in jail. It's like it's it's over. All bets are off. Like any right. sane person would be like, no, 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 this isn't happening. But the yeah. fact that like, you know, again, without uh, charismatic Clooney could be, he's just like, no, 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 this is still happening. And the guy's like, okay, but like yeah. you you kill the guy, which like is it's such a dumb. Like, it, it, it's a cool in theory, but then when you think about it, you're just like, what they try to do, you're like, how the fuck did you think that that was going to, like, pan out? Because mm-hmm. um, essentially what they they, they get uh, True Blue back from jail, uh, they confront him about it, uh, but, like, they we cut away before there's any actual, like, confrontation at all. It's just they sort of, like, bring it up, and then the scene ends, and then they pull, roll up to the drug dealer's house with somebody with a bag over their head and George Clooney wearing a uh, uh, like one of those like uh you know like uh masks like 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 uh, like a uh what's like a leotard or so, like something. It's like not a like a ex- mask? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It reminds me, I don't know if you'd seen uh uh Killing Them Softly
2: with uh, mm-hmm.
1: we're like when Ben Mendelsohn to Scoop area to rob the poker game and they have like yeah. the shitty stocking and like rubber like dish gloves when they go to do it because that's the only rubber yeah. gloves they could find. like it's it's that level of like care that he's wearing. And so they bring this body down and um George Clooney shoots him in point blank in the head full on squib. Uh, like double great, barrel shotgun, with a double barrel shotgun right there on the street, dumps
2: the body. Residential for them. street, like it's yeah. paved road, sidewalk. It's a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood, <laughs> just, and he, just yeah, blows this
1: guy's fucking brains out um and he's like here you go here's your traitor or whatever line he says and then they get away not but like two blocks because there's like a tarp in the back of the jeep mm. that they're driving true blue like pops out from under oh, like over it and they basically said like they have a hookup in the morgue so are like someone's yeah. gonna miss that body and it's like no no one's gonna miss that body so they got a cadaver that they put a uh uh town that dreaded sundown mask (laughs) over the guy blows out to try and convince them that that was their guy and then they give him money to like basically like get him on the
2: greyhound or whatever they get
1: get him him on the greyhound but he gets caught immediately by one of the fucking uh the 14 year old drug dealers pushers and it's just like how did you
2: think this was gonna go down. I like And why didn't they take him to the bus station before going to the drug dealer's house? Yes. Like just in case. Just in case they wanted to check you in the car when you pulled up. Yeah. Like did they
1: did they think that like it, it, it it's almost like some part of them think thought it wasn't gonna work because they're like, well if we actually have to kill you, then we now have you <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so, just in
2: case we got to shoot you in the face then you got to c- come but it, along. It, it, you're you're right like why wouldn't you
1: send them on a bus ahead of time made made sure personally that you put that them he got on and left yeah yeah exactly I, I guess maybe they thought which is a stupid thing maybe they thought that that if they thought he was dead that they wouldn't be looking wouldn't for check him the bus station
2: but like I don't know. It's, like, it's for the audience. It's, yeah, it, it's, that's the answer. They did it to to get the audience to go. Oh, he actually shot his friend, and then reveal that he's not dead. Yeah. But and then the
1: other tough thing that that I feel is confused about the movie, which again, I I think I think Clooney does a good job of conveying his character's own self destructiveness, but the script does a really bad job about it. Like, not like a bad job. It's not. This is. This is a totally watchable movie, like, enjoyable movie. It doesn't movie, do a great but, job. But it doesn't do a great job about it. Um, because, like, there's so much towards the end of the movie where, like, Attila and Gene Simmons' character... And, like, all these people are saying, like, we're going to go out and we're going to do the deal. But, like, you're not going. Like, we, mm-hmm. we got it set out to where you don't have to go. You're still going to get paid, get the big pay out of this. And then you're going to, you know, go to Portland with your baby mama... And that's what you're going to do. And he keeps insisting. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, this is my bus. Like, you're trying to cut me out of my bus. And it's like, no, dude, they're trying to make sure that you don't succumb mm-hmm. to your own worst instincts and actually get the fuck out of Dodge. But instead, every time he's like, no, 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 I'm doing it. No, no, I'm doing it. And then like that catches up to him. But I feel like the it's, it's really herky jerky of how it gets to there. Like, yeah. it doesn't really do a great job of like setting it up. And then it gets to that sort of inevitability that you were talking about. Like, well, of course he's going to die. And he does. Um, again, spoilers for Red Surf. But um, but he does die. Um, and it's, and I guess it's the
2: drug ping- kingpins people that do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because they realize, because they found out... That be- he, like, tried to get his friend out of town instead of
1: killing exactly. him. Exactly, like, yeah. His deal. So, so they did a setup. Like, so they set, like... They've, it's a setup um mm-hmm. so instead of the actual like deal going down they're like trying to kill him which um Clooney goes out taking out everybody who like tried to do it uh, um which is kind of a cool scene because it's like a, a like it, it is like
2: a ski do chase yeah uh, essentially but it's stupid as fuck because they show somebody like first off the drug dealers uh like enforcer who's out there chasing him on the boat he's in the back of a speed speed boat with a mounted m60 machine gun like you see yes. fucking rambo use which is like you're not parking that on a public dock uh that's probably gonna get flagged but then they're riding alongside Clooney, who's in the same shot with them 10 15 feet from the boat and he's just and like just muzzle flares just shooting and it's just like how in the fuck are you not hitting hit like are you drunk yeah. he's oh, they're right terrible. There. they're terrible shots it's it's so bad stormtroopers would be shaking their heads at this dude being like you spent like 350 rounds and hit nothing but air <laughs> jesus and like Clooney does
1: decide ultimately because they see like a a, a a wrecked ship, like some rubble mm. out there in the water, and they're on it's it's a ski doo, but it's a large it's a larger boat than the ski doo, and mm-hmm. so like Clooney is able to like funnel through there, and so like he does it and gets off his. Um, Gets off of it, trying to goat them into doing it. And then they do it and they have the stupid, like, oh, like they can't clear it. He
2: puts <laughs> his hands up, like, oh, just like, just grab the wheel and turn it.
1: <laughs> I know. Or like, try, like, oh. <laughs> just do anything.
2: <laughs> just, oh, they just went straight into it. And they blow up and, and, um, it's but, it's like a Zucker Brothers joke honestly when they it, go flying into it. It kind of is. But
1: then like uh the Tilla gets there cuz he he realizes that Clooney was in that uh that Remar was in that and he is he's like burnt like he, like torso which it's kind of a cool like makeup it's effect. A it's decent like,
2: looking effect.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. all fucked up. And uh so yeah, he dies and then that's when they're like okay, that's when the the we wanted to be Scarface but ended up being Home Alone ending happens where they'd like storm the storm
2: the compound and- well and I th- I don't think anybody told Gene Simmons that this wasn't uh like uh not, not executive decision because he dies in it but like under siege because he is doing his best Steven Seagal impression of like a far too old for this role out of shape dude sneaking up on guys and doing Swiss wish, quote unquote, Kung Fu moves. You like garots a guy and shit. And you're like, Gene Simmons, you are not the type of, you are not a fucking ninja. I don't buy this for a goddamn second, but that's like his role is he goes in and lays waste throughout the house after being, like a minor cameo character up until this point of the movie, they go get Gene Simmons, who suddenly is ride or die for this drug crew that he yeah. is really not even given a shit about the entire movie. It went from, went from love gun to shotgun. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not proud of that one. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. It, well, his, his best Steven Seagal impression is, better than a lot of steven seagal <laughs> I mean, but yeah he I, I embarrassed steven seagal really with his performance oh so. especially anything from like exit wounds on where you're just like oh man like
2: how embarrassing <laughs> is that is that after steven seagal started speaking in a black scent for like no reason whatsoever
1: yeah i think so that's when he started because like, that's when um i think like exit wounds and half past dead were like his last like theatrical movies. Um, and then everything else, like he, were like straight DTV shit. That's what he started doing. I think the only theatrical movie he was in after that was machete, uh, Robert, Robert oh. is machete. He's got like a brief, like
2: role in that, but yeah, I'm glad I haven't seen that movie. Then machete. I
1: yeah, haven't seen it. It's enough. not that glad. great. It's, 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 it's exactly, oh, you don't say it's exactly what you expect it to be. Um, it was far better than the second one. Oh god, the second one they made is a piece of shit. But anywho, we're not talking about <laughs> Machete. But like, and that's the other frustrating thing too is like <sighs> about this movie of like this is where like the character work again the script is herky jerky. But I do mm. feel a lot of the performances sell you on the movie, or at least they sold me. Your mileage may vary, but They're I, I was, but I was invested enough in this point. To where I'm like, okay, what really could bring this home because the movie's sort of uneven is like a really like spastically violent like final like confrontation. And it's kind of just okay. Yeah. It's kind of just okay. Like even like, yeah, they do feed someone into the wolf pit, which is good that that happens. But you're like, I needed them to like, full-on like tear limbs
2: out and shit like that, oh, that could... yeah i needed like a a a savini head explosion yes exactly yeah, i needed needed something something like that
1: oh um, yeah and it just it just doesn't quite come to fruition and which is oh like it's okay because i don't think that was their aim because i think their aim was to try and make like a genuine like coming of age like dr- action drama movie oh, sure but like it's sort of just all over the place and you know, which which sort of like makes it, you know, again, it's not as bonkers as the what movies we talked about. But it's a what in that it's like it's a very watchable movie, entertaining even, I would say, but frustrating at the same time. Um yeah. It but missed the mark. I mean, it's it, like, the mark.
2: Yeah, it's not. I mean, we've talked about movies in the past that are like masquerading as movies. And I think like this one doesn't quite fall into that camp because it, it checks enough boxes to where it's like there is some cliche shit like the, the um, Attila running to the bus station at the end of the movie oh, to yeah. have the fight like that. That shit's like, Oh fuck you like this, that very like after school special type stuff. But I think ultimately the, the issue with the movie is that it doesn't have stakes for our characters until really um, uh, true blue gets arrested and right. then turns it then. But that's like, an hour into the movie when he gets arrested and and like turns out like I would need to go back in time it's a ways into the movie where that could have easily been fixed with you know when we when we introduce Clooney he is um not quite a burnout but he he totally like a a, comes across as a guy who could achieve more but why would I achieve more? I'm I'm like I'm having fun with my boys. I'm getting paid fat stacks by running these drugs. I'm I'm living the good life. I'm just going to party forever. And what he needed was something to crash him back down to earth, which in this movie is like the introduction of the pregnancy, but that doesn't crash him back down to earth. He just immediately starts smoking crack and the stakes really aren't there. Like, what, what we're trying to set up is, you know, him and uh, uh, his girlfriend and Attila. And so then we're like, okay, so then maybe the conflict is going to be that his girlfriend starts to glow cr- closer to Attila and then they have a falling out. And, you know, because of that falling out, like their job gets fucked up. Nope, that doesn't get introduced either. Um, maybe, uh, oh, yeah, that was another thing that uh, threw me for a fucking loop is when they have the drugs and they're driving it to the supplier's house. A van cuts them off and stops them. And some guys get out of the car to rob them.
0: Oh, that's and, right.
2: <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty genius setup to have somebody who is like a low level drug runner who is about to make this huge deal with a, a very dangerous fucking guy who feeds people to dogs. And then he gets robbed en route to drop off the drugs now he owes that very fucking dangerous guy a a ton of money or a ton of drugs whichever one comes first and he has you know 24 hours or whatever to get my drugs back to me or or i'm gonna kill your pregnant girlfriend like um like immediately we're 10 minutes into the movie and we can set up those stakes very high and then it's it's johnny who's like way in over his head and you never thought that things would go that but After like they're in the middle of getting robbed and then a second car pulls up that's full of the drug kingpins goons who are just like, hey, get the fuck out of here. And then they they like make the robbers leave and then it just resolves itself. Yeah. And then they just go to the house and they make the deal. And so then this is like again, again, they do it like three times in the movie where they set up a situation for conflict to happen and then it resolves it itself in a nonsensical way. Right. It was yeah. just like, I wish that you would have just chosen one of those three opportunities to introduce some tension, some drama into your movie. And then I would care a little bit more about the characters and their plight and where they're like, I would worry about them. That's, oh, look at that. I'm on the edge of my seat. I want to know what's going to happen next. But instead, yeah. we just get Clooney smoking crack, which is like, okay, I mean, that's kind like, of he's doing a good too. job smoking yeah. crack. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew where we were going with this.
1: No, you're, 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 you're spot on i i forgot entirely about that minor subplot because it literally is that and it's resolved almost immediately it's like they had so many different avenues you could have done love triangle you could have done stolen goods there there were so many avenues to take
2: and they just or, or even when he's like yelling and shouting slap in the water they get yep. arrested then yeah o- or Clooney is able to hide and his friend gets arrested and then the conflict is the drug kingpin being like your boy's gonna squeal i like we have get a, you got to get him out of prison or you'll say like oh okay so like there's just, like, literally like four or five movies that are set up here and none of them are paid off yes and the instead movie- we get a weird like shootout thing at the end of the movie which is like fine for what it is what you've presented to us but it's like i would have much rather watched one of those four or five other movies that you kind of promised and didn't deliver on yeah the
1: movie zigs when you expect it to zag but not in a satisfying way <laughs> like, right it, it, it like runs away from the the conflict and so i mean i guess is kind of clooney's character in the nutshell where you know he but it, but it's not weaved into the narrative oh well enough for to make that like sort of case so no. um but yeah that's yeah it's okay it's okay it's an okay movie that's the way i I would describe it it's not surf nazis must die that's a miserable experience that i would not bestow upon anybody like um you know it's not point break but it's not surf nazis must die it is a clear what of this Mm -hmm. this episode um but yeah do you have any other thoughts on these three movies before we start to wrap this up
2: uh this was fun i i mean i always enjoy watching point break i hate surf nazis must die uh i will never ever ever watch that again for any other reason um I thought that this was a fun little excursion. like you said it's not uh, the summer of screams, sure uh, but you know, it's still the summer uh, t- uh tinged theme so I appreciated uh, uh, keeping uh, along with like you know the warm uh warm weather vibes.
1: Oh well good I'm, I'm glad and I should mention I guess where you could watch these. I was sort of miffed because, Point Break is not as readily available as like it's not on the major streaming services but it is on the most important one because it is I, on Tubi. I was, like,
2: was going to say it depends on your definition of major.
1: Yes, I guess that's true. So uh, if you
2: mean best
1: then yeah it's yes, on Tubi. it's on tubi but it's not on like apple or prime or anywhere to even rent at this point so i'm shocked
2: by that it used to be on netflix but like who fucking knows on netflix anymore
1: well who knows with like rights change i whoever has the largo i i you know good old physical media saved the day i still have a blu-ray of it so yeah. i'm like i just popped that in but uh all of these movies are on tubi i should say <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um but well not hell yet a surf nazis get sure. get the fuck out of here with that bullshit <laughs> but um but it is on tubi i guess if you're a masochist and you want to watch it and so is red surf red surf also it might be out of print but it it did get a blu-ray release last year courtesy of vinegar syndrome archive um but i that those are always a limited run so it may not mm. uh, be the case but it's it's available if people want to check it out uh before we wrap this episode up we do have a couple episodes to tease next um you're listening to this on friday june 23rd next week will be a patreon episode june 30th and in anticipation of indiana jones the dial of destiny we figured we would dive into uh, a retrospective of the indiana jones series so you could subscribe to us on our patreon for just a dollar and get that episode uh but the following week would be friday july 7th which will be your picks chris it'll be another main feed episode
2: and I'm, I'm going to assume the summer of screams is going to continue <laughs> The Summer of Screams continues, and it continues in a big way. Um, There's really no way that I could tease the episode without just letting you know what it is that we're watching. Uh, We're going to watch the Jaws sequels, Jaws 2, 3, and Jaws The Revenge. Um, Oh, sorry, Jaws 3D and Jaws 4 The Revenge. Um, We've talked about Jaws a lot on this show. Um, And I figured why, you know, why tease these out and try and find categories to fit the other movies in here individually? Uh, We're just going to watch all three of them. And for Ryan bit of a tease for the episode this is going to be ryan's first time watching the jaws sequels that is true i've not seen a single jaws
1: sequel except i'm so excited <laughs> except for cruel jaws because it was called jaws 5 well, in yeah, some territories the best one, yeah the, the best one you know all, all i know is that uh, uh michael caine was filming uh, four when he won an oscar for uh-huh. hannah hannah and her sisters and he wasn't there to accept because he was making jaws, jaws Four
2: so worth uh, it
1: <laughs> well i guess we'll see <laughs> but i am looking forward to slash dreading it um but we will see <laughs> how it goes um but in the meantime you could find and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, radio google Podcasts, and many others and you could subscribe to us on patreon at patreon.com slash the good bad what you could follow us on instagram and hive at the good bad, what or you could email us at the good the bad the what at gmail.com our logo comes from Michelle Parkos, and our theme music comes from Paco, whose portfolio and soundcloud you can find in the show notes, respectively. Chris, where can more people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at c underscore t h o m, and you can find me on Letterboxd at Ryan underscore Oliver. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with a Patreon episode on the Indiana Jones series, and we'll be back on the main feed on July seventh with the Jaws sequels. <laughs>